it helped me do something with my grief. And I feel like that was probably the most transformational part. And uh, I think one of the reasons why people really relate to lighting a candle or doing any other kind of grief practice is this feeling of actually doing something with our grief. And we're not just sitting in it and letting it kind of be heavy over us, but we're actually trying to process through and make our way to the other side. Hi, I'm Tori Mystic, and you're listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast the only show dedicated to supporting women in all areas of the pet industry. In this episode, I am talking to Morgan Weber. We had so much to talk about because she is the owner of an award-winning pet sitting and dog walking company and founder of Memory Flame Candle Co. Morgan created her candle brand after her dog Olive passed. She felt firsthand how hard it was to process the grief of losing a pet, and she found comfort in rituals like lighting a candle. The holidays can be an especially hard time for anyone who has lost a pet. If you know someone in that situation, I hope that this episode is a good reminder to send them a little note that you're thinking of them. As Morgan explains, small gestures can make a big impact. Another emotion that can be hard this time of year is burnout. I know that I'm feeling it myself, and I'm looking forward to taking some time off before we start the new year. Morgan shares how she realized that she was burning herself out and the systems that she put in place to make sure that she doesn't get to that point again. I know you're going to love this episode and enjoy getting to know Morgan. This is the final interview of the year. Next week's episode is number 250, and I'm preparing a very special compilation of some highlights from the last five years of this podcast. I want to thank Pet Pocketbook for sponsoring the podcast in December. Head over to PetPocketbook.com to check out this affordable all-in-one software to run your pet sitting or dog walking business on the go. Using a tool like this would definitely help grow your business without burning out. Morgan Weber is the founder of Memory Flame Candle Company. She's also the CEO and co-founder of Lucky Pup Adventures, a pet sitting and dog walking company, and she's the 2022 Pet Sitter of the Year. Morgan started using candles as a way to grieve the heartbreaking loss of her young dog, Olive, lighting a remembrance candle candle to honor her life and process her feelings of grief. She began gifting her pet sitting clients and friends with remembrance candles after their losses. Hearing how special they were to receive, Morgan knew that she needed to share these heartfelt gifts with others and Memory Flame Candle Company was born. Welcome, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here, especially this time of year um, when people are just looking for gift ideas for one, um, but then also all the pet sitters are working like crazy. (laughs) And you have a lot of advice to share kind of on both sides of that coin. So um, thank you. Thanks in advance for being here. Yes, absolutely. Like you said, I'm really, there are two topics I'm really passionate about. So I'm excited to get to share with, with all of the folks who are listening. I guess, why don't we start off um, talking about the candles and um, if you wouldn't mind sharing the story of Olive um, and and how you were inspired to create this. 
Yeah. So Olive was our little baby. We actually found her, a friend of ours found her at only three weeks old and she was literally thrown away in a pile of garbage. Um, and she made her way to our home. And at the time we were kind of looking for a third dog and here Olive just magically appeared into our lives. And it wasn't too long before we figured out that Olive had a lot of problems. She had a lot of health problems, um, that, as she got older, kind of started manifesting into behavior problems. And we tried a lot of things to help her. And in the end, we realized that the challenges she was having were greater than the quality of life she was having. And so we made the really hard decision to have to do a behavioral euthanasia, which is something I never thought. Like it was a club I never thought I would ever be in. And it was definitely really hard. And that happened. Um, so we started really noticing that we would probably have to make this really hard decision. And about you know, May of 2020. And there was a lot of other things happening in the world at that time. And it really all just kind of started piling together. And so by the end of 2020, we said goodbye. And I was really struggling, like you said, to figure out what to do with these really big feelings, because the last two and a half years of my life were really dedicated to Olive and making her life better and doing everything we could for her. And so now I had all of this stuff and all these feelings I was trying to transition now into living life without her and living life without all of these things. And grief is hard. And there's a lot of resources out there for when maybe you have a dog who's old and they pass away from old age, or they pass away maybe after a cancer diagnosis or some other disease kind of later in life. But there weren't as many resources available um, to help me make that decision for a young dog. And I was you know, for a while, you kind of get stuck in this loop of, was this a good idea? Did we do the right thing? And there's, there's just a lot, there's a lot of heavy stuff with that. And I found that lighting a candle helped me process. And I felt a lot of peace and I felt a lot of um, comfort, just kind of feeling like we did make the right choice. Like, yes, I, we know why we did this. Um, but also it helped me do something with my grief. And I feel like that was probably the most transformational part. And I think one of the reasons why people really relate to lighting a candle or doing any other kind of grief practice is this feeling of actually doing something with our grief. And we're not just sitting in it and letting it kind of be heavy over us, but we're actually trying to process through and make our way to the other side. And I, you know, I think a lot of people who work in the grief space will tell you, we don't get over people, right? We don't, whether it's a person in our life or a pet that we've lost, I'm always going to miss Olive and I'm always going to have that place in my heart where she lived, but I can grow around it and I can make it so the the grief part of her is not as large as the remembering her life part. That's so lovely. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a heartbreaking story, but it, it's lovely the way that you've chose to celebrate her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I really when you said that there's just not a lot of resources when you have to make a decision that's not a senior dog or geriatric mm-hmm. dog, you know, my sister, uh, her dog recently this year, we had to make a decision to do like an, an emergency medical uh, euthanasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really difficult and very hard. And the vet who performed that, you know, asked what experience we'd had, you know, with dogs passing And the only one really was my last dog, Lola, who lived to be 13 and a half. And she was really geriatric and she had just run her meter out. Um, And it's very different when it's not that situation. When you have to actively choose, that grief is heavy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so in preparation of this interview, you shared some stats with me um, that most people will grieve a significant loss like that 
for nine to 12 months or even up to 18 months or more. One of the things that you like to share is that it's never too late to acknowledge someone's loss. So um, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, especially as a pet sitter, I see people who are maybe their other providers, maybe it's a groomer, again, another pet sitter, a pet business owner. You know, sometimes people don't tell us right away when their pet has passed. And that can be as the provider, as, you know, the service provider, the business owner, that can really, it can kind of hurt, you know, because we think, oh gosh, you know, did we not mean that much to them? You know, um, were we not important enough to be told? And I think it's important for everyone to remember that how people act after grief is not personal. Um, and so don't feel like you weren't important enough to be told or anything like that. It's just that a person needs to work through their grief in their own way. And it can be really hard when you've got to, maybe you have multiple vets. Now you've got to tell multiple vets. You've got to tell your friends. Maybe you're making a social media post. Um, if you got your dog from a breeder or from a rescue, you've got to tell them, you know, it's, there's this chain of people that have to be told. And sometimes the further into that you get, it just becomes exhausting and it becomes hard. But with that, people say, well, gosh, you know, they didn't tell me and it's been six months and, you know, or maybe it's even been people say, oh, it's been two weeks. I I can't reopen that wound and send them a gift or send them a condolence. And I just want to really remind people, like you said, that people grieve for up to 18 months. And so nobody can remind somebody that they've had a loss, you know, that that loss is always with them at some level. And so don't feel like, well, gosh, I just shouldn't say anything because it's been, you know, kind of quote unquote too long. And in reality, people feel alone in their grief and they feel like people forget about their grief or they feel like they can't talk about their grief because it's been, you know, six weeks or it's been, you know, six months. And so if you can show up for them and say, Hey, I know it's been a while or, you know, maybe gosh, it's the one year anniversary. I just want you to know that I'm thinking of you. It doesn't even have to be a gift. Um, it could just be as simple as reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, don't, you don't have to respond. You know, I know you're busy, but just know that I'm thinking of you. And that's going to make a huge impact in that person who's grieving because it does, it takes a long time. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's also around this time of year, around the holidays, it might be someone's first holiday season, their dog, their pet might've passed nine months ago or 10 months ago, mm -hmm. but this could be their first year doing just different holiday traditions. I know I'm usually alone, home alone with my dogs on new year's. Um, and if I didn't have my dogs, it'd be very sad. Um, mm -hmm. new year's for me, even if they'd passed 10 months before, you know, so it is, it's a good time of year just to tell people that they're thought of and, you know, that you loved their pet too. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes a big difference. And like you mentioned too, is the holidays are a time where we have these routines, right? Like you said, I'm normally home on New Year's with my dogs, or um, maybe you forgot a little bit that your dog has a custom stocking or, you know, whatever holiday tradition you have, and you go to hang that up or it's an ornament or, you know, something like that. And you go to hang it up and you're like, oh gosh, I kind of forgot that I had this. Like the other day, um, we lost another dog earlier this year and I went and I found her winter jacket, you know, in my pile of stuff. And I kind of went, oh, I kind of forgot this was here, you know, and now, okay, what do I do with this? Um, and it can be, it can be triggering for some people to go through these new, um, a new way of doing an old routine without that loved one, without that pet with them. And so it is a really good time to reach out again. Don't feel like, you know, oh, I missed it. You know, they didn't tell me or, oh man, I really wish I would have done something and I haven't yet done something again. It's not too late. And the holidays can be a good time 
um, to kind of acknowledge that loss. Yeah. Even sending a text, like if you have a photo um, with that person and their dog, if it pops up in your photo memories randomly one day, like I like to forward those kind of things to people just say, I'm thinking of you. Absolutely. And like you said too, it makes people really feel how much you care. Mm -hmm. And as you're a pet business owner of any kind, um, that's what your whole business is built on is those relationships and making people feel valued. And so if you can send a picture, um, whether it's a digital picture, or maybe you're sending out holiday cards, you can print a physical picture. Um, that goes a really long way too to making people feel really special. And again, acknowledging their loss, pet loss, especially is really disenfranchised. Um, if you don't work in a pet business, you know, sector, like a lot of your clients probably don't work for other pet business owners. Um, how many people at their work recognize that they're having a hard time because it's the holidays and they lost this beloved pet, you know, probably not very many. And so if you can really show up for them and recognize and let them know, like, Hey, I see your pain. Um, that can go a really long ways as well. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your actual, the product of the candles. Um, I saw them in person at pet, at pet sitter world in October. And, um, I think that you had one that was like a forever flame. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of what different products you have. Yeah. So I started with just like, you know, quote unquote, a standard flamed candle. Um, and I just loved watching the dancing light. You know, sometimes I would just sit there and I kind of dim the lights a little bit and I would just watch the flame kind of flicker and dance. And it really helped me feel in a way that my dog was with me, right. Kind of that the light of her life, as we like to say, the light of her life was in the room with me. Um, but I also recognize that there's a lot of situations where maybe a flame is not a good idea. <laughs> you know, maybe you have small children. I've had a lot of people who have cat who say, you know, gosh, I do not want an open flame. Um, maybe you live in an apartment or some other place where you can't have a flame. And so we did find a really beautiful flameless candle. And I think all of us have probably seen kind of like a hokey flameless candle. And I really wanted to make sure it was not that. Like I wanted that same kind of dancing light to show up and we found it. And I'm really excited about that. So it there's actually a lot of people who are at that event who came up to our table and said, Oh my gosh, you have a candle lit here. I was like, actually it's flameless. Like it is a really, really realistic flame. So that's been nice. It has that little like flickery kind of, it has like some little piece of material that kind of flickers. It's not like yes. the eighties candles that your mom had in the window. <laughs> right. Where you, it's just like a, like a plastic solid flame that kind of glows a little bit. Yeah. This is like a little piece and it has a fan underneath. And so they're like, it's like a little metal piece that kind of dances and as it shifts and um, dances around the light kind of shimmers off of it. So it's a really realistic flame look. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, you can, you can fool a lot of people into thinking you have a flame when you really don't, but it's nice for, I've had some people who come up and say, you know, I want something that I can walk away from. And I don't have to worry about, and I want that flame to always be there. And so it can just kind of dance away and I don't have to worry about putting it out when I leave the house. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think all of us have had that experience where you've left the house and you go, Oh, Oh no, did I, did I blow that candle out? Like, do I need to go back home again? Um, and so you don't have to have that. You can just let this thing go, you know, kind of all day and all night. Well, and I like the idea that it never runs out either. Yeah. Um, because, I don't know. I just, when like the regular candle runs out, you'd be like, Oh, you know, I guess I got to like move on. Um, yeah. but which can be good too. That might be part of the healing process, but there's, there's something for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there is something special about this flame. That's just always kind of dancing away and you don't have to 
um, kind of like, you know, the, the feeling of your pet being with you again, it's, it's always there and you don't always have to, you know, go and light the candle and, and have a specific experience. It's just, it's just kind of always there for you. Oh, just like always looking out yeah. over your shoulder. Yeah. That's so sweet. Hey, dog walkers and pet sitters. Are you frustrated or stressed about the day-to-day admin of running your business? Well, check out Pet Pocketbook. Their simple, intuitive, all-in-one software was designed mobile first, making it easy to run your business even when you're on the go. Save time with automated billing that takes minutes, not hours or days, and get paid without losing money to credit card processing fees. You're going to love their easy, professional pet parent portal for your clients to manage their pet's profiles, request appointments, pay their bills, and communicate with you all in one place. My favorite thing about Pet Pocketbook is the clean and simple interface that makes scheduling a breeze, whether you focus on one-on-ones or pack services. I honestly could not believe that it is just $25 a month, no matter how many clients or staff you add to your account. Get started with a 60-day free trial, and a member of their pack will personally walk you through setting up your account. With Pet Pocketbook, it's not just software, but a team of real, actual humans invested in you and your success. Head over to PetPocketbook.com to get started and make sure you tell them that Bert and Lucy sent you. Well, all this talk of flames, I guess, I guess we could talk about burnout. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's too clunky of a transition. I don't know. Um, but this time of year, okay, especially, you know, people are missing their pets if they've passed or we're just, you know, trying to make the most of, of the holiday season with our pets. So there's that side of it. Um, or, look, you know, looking for good client gifts. That, you know, that's a whole part of this time of year. But also in the pet industry, a lot of people are working when everyone else has time off. Um, And it can be really overwhelming. You feel like you can't say no to anything. uh, And that can really lead to a lot of burnout. And you've definitely experienced that before. So um, not to put you on the spot, but um, share with us kind of your your burnout story and, and how you have kind of turned it around after coming to that realization. Yeah. So like you said, especially if you're working, I think in a a service industry, you either have an opportunity to serve somebody now or you don't. Right. So it's like, I say, I talked to my hair, my hairdresser about this and I was like, sure, you can cut my hair today, but you could also maybe cut my hair like next week. But if you are like a, a pet sitter, for example, people only take a trip when they take a trip, they only have their, you know, family get together in the next state when they have their family get together. So you have just one opportunity. And especially in 2020, I know what I did. And I think I heard from a lot of other pet sitters was that they felt like they had to say yes to everything because we didn't know what was coming, especially. And I can, you know, some people maybe feel like that. Now we hear a lot of talk about, you know, is the recession coming? What's going to happen in 2023? And people maybe feel like I have to do everything now because I don't know what's going to maybe come tomorrow. We need to be little squirrels and we need to like hoard yes. everything. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. We need to take the opportunity when the opportunity shows up, but that can also be really hard because now we're taking every opportunity when it shows up and we're overworking ourselves. And especially maybe if you've had something that happened this year, maybe you did lose a pet, maybe, you know, something happened in your business and it can just really compound those feelings you might already have and make burnout happen maybe faster. So maybe you're not even doing anything different this year in terms of your schedule or your workload, but it feels more um, it feels heavier. And so there's a lot of different things with that, but that's essentially what happened to me at the end of 2020, I was taking everything and I got to kind of this time that year, I pulled up to a client's house at maybe 10 30 at night because I had overbooked myself and I just sat in her, their driveway and cried <laughs> and, you know, sitting like at my car and just like crying because I was so overwhelmed, but also knowing you know, in a way that I did it to myself, right? I said, yes, I I put myself here and knowing that I've done it before and I had done it before and I had promised myself I wouldn't do it again. But here I was because I was in this mindset of, again, I I don't know what's coming. I've got to grab on. And I really did say in 2020, I said, I'm not going to do this again. And my employees, my other dog walkers and pet sitters were actually coming to me and saying, I I think you're, you have to be careful here. I think you are getting yourself into too much. I can see that you're burning out, um, not just because maybe I'm missing some communications with my team, or maybe I'm missing a communication with a client, or I'm getting behind in some of those things, but also they're like, you don't look happy. You don't look like you're enjoying this work as much. And I think that is, you know, more dangerous um, for us as people than it is, you know, anything else. Like we have to really, um, enjoy our lives. And that was the point where I said, you know what, I've, this has been a really hard year and I'm not going to do this again. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I'm actually enjoying life because what's the point of serving my clients really, really well. If I only have, you know, a burnout self and maybe some extra money in my bank account, maybe not. Um, but I I don't have any time or bandwidth to actually enjoy my own life. Like what am I actually working for? And so that was the point where I said, you know, I'm, I can't do this again. I, I, it kind of reminds me of, um, this saying of of like, you can only pour from a full cup. Mm -hmm. Um, so like if you are totally drained, (laughs) um, I guess that works well with the cup analogy, but if you're totally drained, how, how are you going to give your love and your care to your clients and, and the pets that you're serving and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, when I get burnt out, I know everybody's different. Everyone feels burnout differently. But when I get burnt out, I start to resent the things that normally bring me joy. So I start to like resent that a client is emailing me and wanting visits. And it's like, no, that's something I should be celebrating, right? I should be glad that they want me to come over and take care of their pets. But if I allow myself to get into burnout, I can't serve them well. So what's, you know, they're not getting the best experience. I'm not giving the best experience. I'm not having a great time. I'm not enjoying the rest of my, you know, the rest of my, the days, you know, because I'm so, just kind of over, <laughs> over it. And I think that's really common this time of year, especially because he is that people are really busy. The holidays, like for us as pet sitters, Thanksgiving to New Year's is our busiest time of year. And it's really easy to overwork yourself. And so either you prepare for that and you kind of allow yourself a lot of leeway and kind of open schedule going into the holidays and knowing, okay, I'm going to sprint from Thanksgiving to New Year's and I'm going to take the rest of January kind of off or, you know, whatever you have to do, or maybe you say, okay, I've got to hire more people or which is 
The other thing that's really hard for most of us is just to say, no, I'm sorry, we're full. Um, and you have to kind of pick what's going to work the best for you. But it's important to have a strategy of some sort to kind of get through this holiday rush. So that's, that works. That's great advice for the holiday rush, but like Mm -hmm. long-term, um, you know, you had this burnout around this time two years ago. So over the last two years, what are some like long-term systems or strategies that you've put in place to have more balance? Yeah. I've tried to not carry as much or to be really intentional about what I do carry. So you think about every kind of stressor in life is like picking something up and putting it in your backpack. Well, at some point you can't put any more stuff in your backpack. And so being really intentional about what you're picking up. So for me, that's been, um, how, what things in my business can I maybe hand off to my team members? Um, maybe that's helping me stay on top of keeping everybody updated on a a pet update that a client sends us. You know, there's a lot of little things that we can hand off to our team. And, you know, the secret is they're probably going to do it better than we are because all of us have a gifting in life and we do not have to be good at everything. And I think that's another, I know, right. (laughs) We're not totally infallible, like perfect human beings who are good at everything. (laughs) So I think the more that we, we not only recognize that, but give ourselves the ability to, and like the permission to not have to be everything we can realize that our team and, you know, if you don't have a team, it might be a consultant. It might be somebody who, you know, you can outsource something to, but allowing other people to take over those things that you're not great at because you're going to put in twice as much effort and they're probably still going to give you something better than what you could do. And so being able to take a lot of that stuff off of my plate and then also being better about scheduling myself. So allowing myself to know, okay, if I do five hours of dog walks today or pet sitting this weekend, I can't be doing the bookkeeping or I can't be doing, you know, the social media or, or, you know, managing my team or managing our client relations. And so just kind of picking and, you know, realizing, okay, if I work myself seven days a week in pet sitting, I don't have time left over to do everything else. So instead of trying to do everything else, I either need to outsource some of this, or I need to maybe hire more people, or I need to start saying no more. And 2022, we really stopped accepting new clients because we were full. So we did manage to hire a few more people. Um, and we've started to open up our list again, but for the most part, we just said, you know, the best way to not overwork ourselves is to not accept new clients. And that's really hard when you have people emailing you and saying, oh my gosh, I really need somebody to help me out, you know, and I would like to pay you to do it for me (laughs) and to say, no, I'm sorry, we can't like that as a, as a service person who like that, your whole point of your business is to help people that can be really hard. But also remembering, like, I can't do my job well if I am not fully present in what I'm doing. Yeah, it it, it must be very, very hard. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you're rewarding your loyal clients who booked you, who, who've respected your time to book you in yes. advance. And someone who calls you the night before is not being very respectful of your time, but they, I mean, they might've had an emergency. There's a lot of things. Yes. Um, do you send them, do you have like a little short list of people you refer them to? Sometimes it can be nice if, especially if you have a, you know, a network maybe that you've built and, you know, sometimes we're in areas where maybe we don't know the other people, or maybe like there's a lot of new businesses this time of year. And so, you know, that'd be one suggestion I would have is if you are a new Uh, you know, a new service provider is get in touch with those of us who are a little bit more established because we are always looking for people to refer to when we have, 
the, you know, the people who come to us and say, oh my gosh, can you help me? If we're already full, I, you know, I would love to have this, like a really good list of people to refer to. So yeah, if you're new, this is the prime time to, you know, reach out to those people mm. and say, Hey, I'm new in town. Um, we actually have some, a couple new, uh, pet sitters in our area and they've started following us on social media. And it's been a great way to kind of get a glimpse into, you know, their values and their mission and to say like, Hey, am I in alignment with them? And, you know, do I want to refer to these people? And I think that's really, you know, something to think about when you're new is how can I kind of best position myself to become, you know, another person that that people want to refer to. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. And and I love that. It's just you know, the community over competition because yes. we can all have healthy businesses and we can't possibly all serve everyone. No. Um, so if you're in a position that you're not taking on new clients, you want to refer people <laughs> to someone who can help them because it takes the stress off you. Absolutely. And like you said, there are, especially in the dog world right now, there are so many there are so many pets, you know, people, a lot of people got pets in COVID and, you know, you can talk to, you know, any vet, any pet business owner, you know, any service provider groomers, they can tell you that there are so many pets out there and, you know, somebody new coming on does not mean that they're going to, you know, people say, Oh, I don't want them to steal my clients or I don't want, you know, I'm worried about, you know, competition. And it's like, no, um, especially if you're serving your existing clients really well, there's, there's nothing to worry about and it's only going to benefit your pet community as a whole in your area. So, um, you want, you want more, you know, people who are dedicated as dedicated as you are out there. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last question, cause we have to wrap it up, um, is about the, about the candles, about memory flame candles. Uh, are they available nationwide, international, or do you focus on local? What's your approach there? Yeah. So we love to mail our candles. And so no matter where you are in the U S and we've mailed to other countries as well, um, you can order a memory flame candle and we are really passionate. I'm very passionate about the, the experience and the service that we provide people. And so with that, when we started memory flame, I wanted to be very intentional about creating a gifting experience, what I like to call it. So if you are going to give a gift to somebody where you're going to wrap it up and deliver it to their door or, you know, hand it to them, you want it to look beautiful. You want it to be gift packaged. And so we've done that with our candles. So even though they come through the mail, it's going to look like a true gift that your client is going to receive or your friend is going to receive. So there's a note, like you tell us what you want to write on a handwritten note and we sign your name on it. And that's the first thing they see because Tori, I don't know about you, but I've opened gifts in the mail and I've had no idea who it comes from. Yes. And it's kind of awkward to have to go to social media and say, Hey, like I've received a really touching or, you know, even expensive gift. And I have no idea who sent it. So I was like, we are not going to do that. So the first thing people see is your name when they open up their, their gift and there's tissue paper and stickers and it looks beautiful. And one of my favorite parts is that if someone orders a, a candle, we can put a personalized name on it. So we can put a person's name or that pet's name. And that's really touching when somebody opens that gift and they see their pet's name on that candle. So um, that's something that we really appreciate being able to do for our clients. So a lot of our clients are other pet business owners, uh, pet sitters, groomers, pet boutiques, you know, people who make really close connections with their clients are kind of our, our people. And so we'd like to be able to serve them. And so yeah, you can find them on memoryflame.co. That's also our Instagram handle and you can find us on Facebook there as well. 
Awesome. Well, Morgan, this has been such a great interview. I mean, I feel like we covered so many different things. Um, you just, but we could still keep talking for yes. another hour because I'm already <laughs> thinking of questions to ask you. So we'll have to maybe <laughs> revisit that in a later episode. Um, but thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been fun and I'd love to chat whenever you'd like to chat again. <laughs> Some of the best conversations happen after the episode. Send me a note on Instagram at wearwagrepeat or find even more women petpreneurs to connect with in our private Facebook group called Wear Wag Repeat Labs. If you want to dig into more episodes, resources to grow your business, or find a link to something we discussed, it is all right there for you at wearwagrepeat.com. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh conversation.